What's up, friends? I'm Brittany, and this is How to Love Yourself in LA. Let me remind you that this is my story. This episode may be triggering to some, as I know religion is a sensitive subject, but I ain't telling y'all to do it. I'm just telling my story. And it led to a deeper healing on multiple levels for me. So this is the first episode that you are listening to. You're going to have to run it back to episode one because this is an ongoing story. So let's continue. So of course, spilling all of my secrets on a YouTube video opened up more conversations. I was having a conversation with my grandfather who is a therapist and he was checking in on me, seeing how I was doing. And we began talking about some of the things that I had shared in the video. I admitted that though I had accepted some pretty harsh truths about myself, that I still had uneasy feelings about decisions I had made in the past. It was proving harder to get over the disappointment in myself And my grandfather asked me, well, have you forgiven yourself for those decisions? Have you forgiven yourself for what you've done? I said, huh? Forgive myself? I paused and I thought about it. Forgive myself? I guess I haven't. I guess I thought accepting it was forgiving myself, but uh, I guess not. Well, how do you forgive yourself, Grandpa? And the advice my grandfather gave that day was this. Whenever you look back at that time or to a particular decision that you made that you were unhappy with, remind yourself that you made the best decision for yourself that you could in that moment. You made the best decision for yourself that you could in that moment. You did the best you could do with what you knew how. So forgive yourself and now you know better. I really took my grandfather's advice to heart. Whenever I thought about my terminated pregnancies, relationships, how I acted in them, or school, I just reminded myself that I made the best decision that I could in those moments. My first lesson in grace and compassion for myself that truly, truly helped me. So in last week's episode, I introduced you to my father and his pro-blackness. After spending the summer with him during the Trayvon Martin case, he really opened my eyes to begin studying the black experience in America, to begin studying what people now widely know as critical race theory. I had read The Miseducation of the Negro by Carter G. Woodson, and that summer my father introduced me to author Bell Hooks. He told me she was a cold woman and that I needed to read her works immediately. My first two Bell Hooks books were We Real Cool, Black Men and Masculinity, and Ain't I a Woman? black women and feminism. Bell Hooks woke me up real quick. She woke me up to my existence as a black woman in feminist racist America. Through these works, she stirred something within me that made me feel empowered to fight back against white supremacy and racism. What I didn't realize is that my whole life I had felt powerless as a black person in America. She made me want better for myself as a black woman and for my community. I was thirsty for more. So I decided to read a third Bell Hooks book. The third book of hers I chose was Sisters of the Yam, Black Women and Self-Recovery. Now pay attention to these next parts because this is where my true turning point happened. This book examines how the emotional health of black women is wounded daily by assaults of racism and sexism. It explored different issues like being at work, 
beauty, trauma, addiction, eroticism, and the estrangement from nature. She shared different strategies for self-recovery and healing, and how Black women can empower themselves effectively against racism, sexism, and consumer capitalism. Bell Hooks literally gave me the blueprint for how to say fuck you to white supremacy through self-recovery and healing myself. This became my Bible, and Bell Hooks became my mother. With chapters titled Growing Away from Addiction, Knowing Peace, Living to Love, Seeking After Truth, Bell Hooks literally laid the map for healing myself. In her book, she quoted other black authors and spiritual teachers, and this is how my journey really began. I would write down the titles and authors that she quoted and sought their books to read after. That book took me on a whole journey to sides of myself that I didn't even know that I needed to heal. I will forever, forever be grateful to Bell Hooks. Rip Bell Hooks. Just thank you. Just thank you. So safe to say, I had really begun to take an interest in the pro-black arena. I had begun following all types of pro-black Instagram accounts, just seeing what was out there, seeing what I could learn. And then I started seeing a lot of the same message over and over. It was photos of the Christian cross next to what I later learned was an ankh. And the caption was always something like, black people need to choose the ankh over the cross. The first time I saw it, I scrolled by it, but then I started to see it more and more. I had seen this message so much that I needed to know more. You see, I had already slightly begun questioning Christianity and the love that Jesus had for me. I knew Jesus, God loved me tremendously and wanted the best for me, but this love Christianity spoke about seemed to be conditional. It was as if I had to present myself a certain way. I had to be a certain way to, at the end of my life, be accepted into heaven or eternally burn in hell. That's scary. And I was not doing a good job at those things. I was still having sex, couldn't really tie because I wasn't making money. I had a good heart, but I just felt like I wasn't living up to what God and Jesus wanted of me. And after reading a particular chapter in Bell Hook's book, I knew that fear and love was not a healthy thing. I remembered being in high school even and having this theory that earth was actually hell because if God loved us so much, there would be no way that he would make us burn in hell forever. Like, could you imagine a mother telling her child that they needed to act a certain way, but they love them, but if they don't do this, that they're going to burn in hell? Would you accept your mother telling you you're going to burn in hell if you don't act the way that she wants you to act? Because that's love? Like, it was just confusing for me. And that was the love that I should be seeking to be perfect for? It just didn't sit well with me. But at the time, I thought Christianity was the way to be, even though it didn't resonate with me. So when I began seeing these messages about the ankh, your girl was intrigued. So I went to my father. Dad, why are these Instagram accounts saying that black people need to follow the ankh instead of the cross? I keep seeing it over and over and I need to know what they mean. He said, Brick, what you need to go do is look up Asar, Aset, and Haru. You need to look into the history of religion. Christianity got their holy trinity from Asar, Aset, and Haru. You need to learn about Kemet. Go look it up. Now, what I love about my father is that he never really gave me the full answer. He just gave me the nugget to search for. 
and search I did. I found all types of articles and found myself at the gate of Egyptian mythology. So I paused because I felt that my exploration was leading to an uncharted territory. One not widely talked on, well, with people I knew at the time, and it did make me a bit afraid. Christianity was all I knew. But at the gate of this Egyptian mythology, this Asar Asad Haru stuff? So I sat on it. I knew all of the arguments about black people and Christianity, but I truly began to wonder what religion our ancestors practiced prior to being on the ships that took us to slavery. Prior to being colonized and introduced to Christianity, what religion did my ancestors practice? That was the question I wanted answered. I don't care what they was doing when they got to America. What were they doing in Africa? That's what I wanted to know. I had requested more knowledge from the universe and it sent information my way. I had grown to love going to black bookstores with my dad and I loved seeking out black bookstores in LA, but the closest to me was all the way in Leimert Park and I lived in the valley and didn't have a car, but I would trek out there sometimes. I also did a lot of Googling. Then one day I found the Pan-African Self-Study Program, a website dedicated to educating people on Pan-Africanism. If you joined the website, you got a Google Drive of books. The Google Drive had hundreds and hundreds of books in it with topics on art, education, spirituality, science, survival, history, enslavement, colonialism, and more. As I read, I was in heaven, so I set out to discover all that wasn't taught to me in school. I was determined to know what religion my ancestors practiced before being converted to Christianity. The book I read that blew my mind was African Origins of Religion by Dr. Muwata Ashby. I was learning about Kemet, Egyptian religion, and the true nature of my magical being, spirituality, and being introduced to yoga, true yoga. At this time, I was spending a lot of my time reading and researching, spending hours in books, taking notes. I even had this notebook titled, findings and analyzings, just to make sense of everything I was learning, or unlearning rather. I was reading information that turned my world upside down, that broke down everything I thought I knew about everything. I was discombobulated. Some things I couldn't make sense of and it kind of made me depressed. All that I thought I knew about Christianity being black was flipped upside down. I recall speaking with my father about how I was feeling and he said two words, cognitive dissonance. That's what you're going through. Just keep doing your research and then decide for yourself. I can tell you that Brittany during this time was probably not fun to be around. I was questioning everything and introspecting so deeply that it definitely probably wasn't a joy to be around me. I didn't even know who I was at that point. But I had made a friend who had also been down this path that provided me some solace. It was great to have someone else closer to my age that understood some of the information I was reading in regards to religions. We were having a specific conversation talking about some of the things that I had looked into regarding African religions, and my friend asked if I believed some of the new information that I was reading. I remember my answer exactly because I was kind of afraid to answer my friend, and I answered, for some reason, it's not really about whether I believe it or not, but more so that it just makes sense. Like it just clicks. 
And that was weird to me. As a Christian, it had always been, do you believe? Do you believe? Say you believe. But the African religions that I was being educated on, it just made sense. It just clicked. It just resonated in a way that was comforting. I was tripping. And I'm sure for at least a year straight, I was getting high and reading books back to back to back, watching documentaries and just learning more about African religion and spirituality. Yep, you heard me right. I said I was getting high. Okay, this is Los Angeles. But for real though, let's talk about my time with Tree. I call it Tree. So remember when I said I worked at the spot and the old man would alert us at 4.20 every day? Around that time, I hadn't really begun smoking weed. So it was crazy to me that this old man was shouting out 420 every day. And then some of my co-workers would take quote-unquote smoke breaks and go smoke on their vapes and stuff. Like, I would hang out around them and stuff, but weed wasn't something that I was really into. And I honestly looked down on it. You know, being from the Midwest, Dare told us, you know, drugs, stay away from them. And quick story. I had actually tried weed for the first time in college and it kind of scarred me. So like the experience of smoking weed wasn't bad. Like I had a fun time, but I went back and told the guy I was dating and he got so mad at me. Like he kind of went off and he was like, you got them goals on your wall. You got them goals on your wall. You out here trying weed. And I was like, damn, okay, I just tried it. But like after that, I was like, nah, no more weed. And even um, the guy who became my boyfriend, he smoked weed when I had first moved out to California and I was dating him. And I was such a priss. Like, I would be like, don't you dare come over here. Hi, you better not show up and take me out on a date. Hi, I was just like, wow. I look back now like, girl, you was straight up tripping. But being in Cali, the culture of weed was so different. People were just so much more accepting and there was even information on the benefits of weed. So one day I decided to take my first hit of some Cali weed and it was through a bong, (laughs) y'all. I took one hit of that bong and went night, night. No, for real though, I took a hit. I sat for a second and I said, I'm going to go lay down, guys, and went and knocked out. But... Weed became a good friend of mine. I'm not going to lie. I loved, loved, loved reading all the books that I was reading and watching documentaries high. And at that time, I used to watch Ridiculousness High all the time because it would just make me crack up so much. And just to laugh just felt good. Callie really opened my eyes to new ways of being and the introduction to weed. I would say it wasn't good or bad. I did definitely use weed to numb pain sometimes, but never to the point where I really avoided anything. An amazing woman I met at a yoga studio said to me, weed is a wonderful tool, but sometimes we got to reevaluate our relationship with it every once in a while. And I took that to heart, but this was years later and I'll get back to my time and I'll get to my time at the yoga studio. But we would gather with people and have smoke sessions, just kicking it and I loved it. I was really thankful for weed though because I knew I had an addictive personality and my father was an ex-alcoholic. So if there was something that would keep me away from running to alcohol, 
I was gung-ho and it was true and I've had to reevaluate my relationship through the years but it has ultimately been beneficial to me weed became the tool that helped me as I went along in my journey dealing with depression and anxiety yeah I could have got a prescription for some medical drugs yeah I could have turned to some alcohol yeah people look down on weed but fuck them because it has benefits I always now look at weed as medicinal because it is helpful it is so helpful and I will argue with anybody come at me the first time I had to reevaluate my relationship with weed was when I was visiting Indianapolis for a couple months during that time I was on unemployment when my first big girl job out in Cali had closed down. I was in Indianapolis for a couple months and since weed was illegal there, I wasn't smoking and realized how much of a help weed had been in Cali and helping me fall asleep just as I was going through anxiety and depression. And since I didn't have it in Indiana, I found myself taking sleeping pills, like the little z things, but I still couldn't fall asleep. And I started taking those like every night. And I was like, damn, Britt, like this you, like you need these pills to go to sleep every night. And sometimes like I started drinking alcohol, but I was like, this ain't cool. So in some of the African origins books that I was reading, They talked about yoga and meditation, like I said. So I was like, you know what? Let me try these practices. And even, you know, in Bell Hook's books, she talked about that. So I said, let me try. So in comes Sarah Beth Yoga, my favorite YouTube yogi. She was the first person that taught me yoga. And I'm so grateful for her and her YouTube channel. So I began practicing my yoga and meditation in Indianapolis. My trip ended and I got back to LA and was just so excited because I could smoke again. But there was something within me that was like, okay, I want to learn more about this yoga and meditation thing. So I just did more of it and more. You know what I mean? I was doing more and more. And as I started looking for jobs, my intention was, I want to learn more about yoga and I want to learn more about weed because it's helpful in ways and just being in LA there was just more and more just information about the benefits all the good that could come from weed so I made the intention that I wanted to work at a yoga studio Now, this is where I'm going to wrap this portion of the episode. Let's bring it back to 2022 for some reflection. So yoga and meditation came through to me through African spirituality. African spirituality came through to me through learning more about being black in America. Being black in America came through to me after spending a summer with my father. Like, I just think my path has been so tight. And I don't even know if that's like a word anymore that people use, or you can tell my age by that, but whatever. Like, my path is tight to me. And as I look back on it, I'm so thankful for the ups, for the downs, for the cognitive dissonance, for the questioning myself, for the arguments that I had with my cousin Jasmine, you know, in regards to religion and Christianity. I love you, girl. 
you know, I just, I'm thankful because it all brought me to who I am now. The path of questioning everything you were taught, the path of unlearning and then relearning new or deciding what you need to put within you, that shit is tough. So I applaud anybody who does it. After all of my findings, after all of my research, after everything I went through, I really got to a point where I was like, at this point, after all of my research, I can choose whatever religion I want and be cool. Like I could even choose Christianity and be cool because I have an understanding now that African spirituality gave me. But no, I'm good. I'm going to stay over here with the African spirituality because to me, it just felt like Christianity didn't really give me the full scope of who I was in God. And that's really what I boil it down to for me. What I had began to discover was the true power that lived within me. And this was really still the beginning of that journey. So that's where I'm going to wrap it up for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of How to Love Yourself in LA. Catch me next Wednesday for an all new episode and follow the podcast on Instagram at How to Love Yourself in LA and follow me on Instagram too at Brittany Andrea Martin. Catch you next week.